has a special this morning. Changed 
you can come to know Jesus as your Savior. You remember when you prayed and asked the Lord, Jesus, to be your Savior. And churches can have revival. Nations can be affected by your prayers. This last week, the Supreme Court uh, brought about two awesome decisions, one in particular uh, concerning uh, Hobby Lobby and the store and the chain. Not only does David Green own Hobby Lobby, but he also owns the Christian bookstore many of you are familiar with, and especially in Little Rock, Mardell's. And the Supreme Court basically said that since especially it's owned by a single individual, if you will, that you do not give up your First Amendment rights and your religious liberty even if you own a business. Now, I may not have quoted that uh, to summary exactly, but that's the essence of it. And uh, it's, I think, the reason that our Supreme Court did that is because the prayers of God's people, people are still praying, people are still on their knees, and it is, I think, affecting and can affect and will affect our government and our leaders. Even if you don't like a, a, a leader in particular, we need to pray for them and lift them up in prayer. You may not like what they stand for, their morals or their decisions, but the Bible says we should pray for them, and uh, certainly we should. From even our, We have several local uh, elected officials even in the room right now, and we should pray for them all the way to the President of the United States lifting these up in prayer. Uh, any of you who've had uh, children, you know that uh, one of the most interesting times about having children, and uh, and several will be experiencing that soon, uh, more and children are first child, and uh, but one of the most interesting times is bedtime. Whenever and I mentioned about the pillow and and it's neat how that we had already planned. I didn't know the uh, special that Jordan was singing. We talked about praying. And the pillow bedtime prayers and Jordan's uh, special, just neat how God does that. But that's one of the most interesting times. And, you know, sometimes some people have a easy time getting kids to go to bed. And sometimes you can really struggle getting kids. To, some of them just despise going to bed and they'll fight you on it and different things like that. There was this one boy in particular and uh, he had just been giving his dad fits about going. He would use every excuse in the world to keep from going to sleep. So that's what he was thinking. One day he was, his, he had basically had cried wolf, cried wolf. Well, one night this young man, he was really thirsty. And I see that glass of water up there and just seeing it makes me thirsty. And uh, so you too, but nobody getting up, all right? And uh, so seeing that thirst, and he said this, he said, and his bedroom was right there beside his dad's. He said, Dad, I'm really thirsty. Could you bring me a glass of water? And uh, the dad said, no, go to sleep. It's time for bed. Thinking, eh, it's, he's just trying to avoid going to sleep. 
He said, Dad, I am really thirsty. Could you bring me a glass of water? He said, you interrupt this sleeper. You wake us up one more time. He said, I'm coming in there and I'm bringing the belt with me. And you'll get a spanking. And uh, there was a pause for a little while. The little boy said, Dad, when you come in here to spank me, can you bring me a glass of water? And uh, so that fellow was really thirsty. <laughs> and some of us have a really strong thirst sometimes. Now, I've never been, I've probably only in my life probably been maybe 24 hours without anything to drink. Now, obviously they say that you get up to, you know, two days and three days, you start really risking your life. You, you know, organs start shutting down. Dehydration obviously starts happening uh, really within before 24 hours up. You're already dehydrated. They say you're supposed to drink so many glasses of water a day, and it's amazing the amount of water you're supposed to have every day. Then it does, literally, there's a commercial that says milk does the body good. Well, water huh, is the same thing. Water does the body, body good. And the Bible speaks a lot of water. Matter of fact, Jesus uses it as an illustration in John chapter 4. And that's where our text is this morning in John chapter 4 and verse 13. So we'll read there. Would you stand for the reading of God's holy word? John chapter 4 and verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again but whosoever drinketh of the water that i shall give him shall never thirst but the water that i shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life father we do thank you and praise your name for this everlasting water and we thank you that you gave your life so that we could live forever in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing, the, starting off, and that's basically what we're going to look at for the next several weeks is the theme, I thirst. And there's a lot of phrases in the Bible about I thirst. One of the most famous ones, and we'll look at it later, uh, I don't remember exactly where I've got it fallen in line, uh, but a thirst, Jesus said those words, I thirst, and he said them to fulfill prophecy in the Bible. So this, this is one of the more famous I thirst here and it's talking about, uh, having a thirst and having a drink of water, if you will. And Jesus used this and there was a feast that the Jews had that involved tons of water, tons of water in this feast that they had. And the story is found in John chapter 7 and verse 37. And so everybody is sitting around, they're drinking they're with water, and this theme involved a thirst. But in John chapter 7 and verse 37, the Word of God says this, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Verse 38 
says this, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture saith, hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so <clears throat> many of us can't imagine, you know, well, everybody's full of water. And Jesus is saying, if anybody's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. So he was trying to get them to say, they were thinking, oh, are you kidding? We've been drinking, drinking. But both in the story in John 7 and in John 4, the woman's thinking, hey, you you won't offer me a drink? And, you know, what are you going to draw it with? We'll get into all that in just a second. But Jesus, we know, looking back and having the Word of God right in front of us, we know that he wasn't talking about literal water. He was saying that if you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. Well, all of us know that water just, I mean, you get a drink of water, and it only lasts for a little while. It's all temporary, but the water that Jesus was talking about was water that would last forever. And so this thirst for eternity, many, as we look at this story, in this neat witnessing opportunity... And as, as some of you have studied the Bible for years, and some of you know this even without studying, and people always, you go into any, if you study history, some of you have studied history, some of you have taken college courses and studied archaeology and, and basically studying mankind. Did you know every civilization has had some sort of worship? Every civil, you know, only, it seems like only in recent times has, even today, they say, well, I don't worship anything. I am an atheist or I am an agnostic. An agnostic, basically, the atheist says there is no God and as agnostic says you cannot know. There's just no way you can prove anything, so you just can't know anything. And so, but both, both of those things, instead of worshiping a God, they make a God out of not having a God. And so they're worshiping not having a God, but they worship something. Every civilization, every group of men, you know, the American Indians, they came over here and think, has the gospel ever been here before? But here you have these American Indians worshiping the great white spirit somewhere out there, and they had a, a legend of a great flood so long ago, so they had all these stories all these, which tells me and tells you, no matter how you study it and how you look at it, that inside of man is a thirst. Inside of everybody is a thirst. And people have tried to satisfy that thirst, that yearning. Somebody says that there's an empty hole inside of every person that can only be filled with God, only be filled with Jesus. He's the empty hole. He's the space that everybody has this yearning. I'm, I'm, I'm longing for something, but I don't know what that longing's for. And so and we find that here. And sometimes people try to just live life to the fullest. I'm going to have a good time. You only go around once, so just grab all you can and live life to the fullest because when you're dead, you're dead like Rover. You're just dead all over, and that's the end of life. Some people actually believe believe that, that you just go back to the dust and there's no life past the grave. But we know that that's not true according to God's holy word. And so is there an emptiness? Yes. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, that emptiness is filled and you know where you're going to be forever. First off, so what is our job once we're saved? Jesus, what I, he did was he found a person. 
in finding a person, in order to find people to tell them about the about Jesus, well, you let's just follow his pattern in John chapter four and verse one. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, that's pretty interesting right there, right in God's Word, that did you know that Jesus got tired? Man, he ached. He got tired. He had sore muscles. I mean, he had pain. He cried. A lot of us think of him being as a superman. He was God in the flesh, but he put himself on the same plane as us. In other words, in this flesh, without sin, of course. And he lived, he suffered, he got tired, he sweated, he got hot, he was hungry, he was thirsty. He got a, he endured all of that, yet without sin, of course. So right there it says he's tired. So basically he's hot, he's sweaty, he's tired, he sits down, he sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour which means hot noon sometime. It's the sixth hour. It's beaming down. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Which tells me Jesus, and it says there in the Bible, He must needs go through Samaria. Folks, if we're in, we're about to have an outreach next Sunday, we're going to have a skit. I'm just going to show you some of the things that we're going to be doing and facing. We're going to have uh, some set uh, places over in Walmart, and we're going to have some places here at Dollar General and at Jade's. We're going to be passing out free drinks and flyers about our Bible school. So if you say, well, you know what, I would love to invite people to church, I'll set you up. I'll make it easy for you. You can invite everybody in the world. I told Miss Denise, I said, let's think big. Print me a thousand flyers, front and back, map on the back, the church uh, website, all the information, starting times, vacation Bible school information on the other side with all the stuff on it. And I said, let's tell people that we're having Bible school and tell people about the Lord. And so we'll have all of that. And speaking of thirsty, you know, I call it Operation Cool Down, handing people a free cold drink on a hot day. And if it's July day on July the 19th, it'll probably be hot. And so that's what we'll be doing. You want to get involved in church? You want to help spread the word about Jesus? I'm giving you an ample opportunity, whether you want to be here in Hamburg or over at Crossit, and you say, why go to Crossit? Guess what? People driving from Crossit to come to Promised Land. Do you all think our church is good enough for people to come from Crossit to drive over here? Amen? Our church is good enough, and we have the living water, and His name is Jesus Christ. Folks, Jesus was interested in people. He actually went to where people are. He sat on the well. Did he know that she was going to show up? I think he might have had a clue. (laughs) He might have had a clue. He must needs go through Samaria. 
which tells me and tells you if any church that's doing anything and anybody worth a lick of Christianity have to be interested in people. You can't say, I don't like people. Man, I don't care if anybody comes. You know, we say that, but we, and we may not say that, but we could act like it. And we could say, well, I don't, you know, we must, according to this and according to God's Word, be interested in people and actually have a desire to talk to somebody. You don't have to tell them about how Jesus is coming back. You don't have to tell them about systematic theology. You don't have to figure out the ins and outs from Genesis to Revelation. All you got to do is tell them what Jesus means to you. And that's exactly what He was doing. And so He was interested in people. Next, He gets the conversation started. Verse, uh, and he, he starts it out, of course, verse 7. And then just jump down to verse 9. Okay, so he's asking for a drink. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, Well, how is it that thou being a Jew, first off, she was shocked. Number one, she's a, a Samaritan and he's a Jew. She's a woman, he's a man. So that was two things, the women and the men, they just, especially if they were of different nationality, they sure didn't have anything to do with each other. That's why it's recorded in the Bible what she did, what she said. They, I mean, he was starting a conversation, well, wait a second, you know, it'd be kind of like you walking up somebody of a different nationality and saying, hey, what's, what's going on? Why are you talking to me? <laughs> you don't normally talk to me. And that's basically the way she was acting. Why are you talking to me? You don't, this is not normal. Which tells me again, Jesus was interested not in the color of her skin, not in the color of her hair, or the color of her eyes. He was interested in her soul, in her eternal being. And then he says, which I'm a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, Unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. <clears throat> and the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep from whence, that means where, <laughs> where are you going to get this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Well, before we go on, we got to notice something here. Jesus finds it's a conversation starter. That's all it is, a way to start a conversation. Most people, this is the brick wall when it comes to people. The brick wall. How do you get the conversation started what do you talk about? The, and y'all can answer out loud. If you walk up to a stranger, probably what is the number one conversation starter? The weather. Because why? We all have the weather in common. Because it affects all of us, doesn't it? I mean, hot or cold, rain or shine, that's something we all have in common because we all live under God's green, blue sky. No. I get it right. Green earth, blue sky. I get it right, Brother Ian. 
And so we all live on God's green earth under the big blue sky. I'll get it right in just a second. Okay? So we all have the weather in common. So guess what? Then you talk about a lot of times, we'll talk about, hey, you know, you're married, family, kids, work, all of these conversation starters tracks which we're running low right now we'll get some more we'll have some more on order they'll be coming and uh so but tracks are a great conversation starter one of the best things especially if you're handing out a track or a flyer the best line you can use hey did you get one of these what ah, i don't want to miss out what is it did you get one of these and it and you know what it, all it is all that is a track is just a conversation starter, and especially if you don't have much time. So what does Jesus use as a conversation starter? Water, because they happen to be at a well, and she's showing up at noon when the sun's bearing down, and so Jesus talks about water. Is salvation literally water? No. But guess what? Jesus uses it as an illustration. If you drink this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink the water that I'm giving you, not literal water, just a comparison, if you drink the water I give you, you'll what? Never thirst again. So that's what it is. That's all this passage is, is right here. Jesus is what? Starting a conversation is something they both have in common. He's tired. He's thirsty. She's hot. She's thirsty. Conversation starter. Moving on. We've got the spiritual connection here. <clears throat> Verse 13. And Jesus said unto her, Whoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. This is the spiritual connection. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I love what uh, one church did. There was a church that did a uh, outreach in their town. And I love when you think outside the box. They had bought these prepackaged jars, little jars of salsa. And it had their church name and all their information on it and also bags of um, Doritos or Tostito chips or whatever they're called, little bags, prepackaged. I don't know where they ordered these from, but they were really cool. And they had their church name, and a logo was on there. Man shall not live by bread alone. He needs a little salsa every now and then, okay? And that was the kind of the logo, which tells me, and of course, referencing what? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, which was the Scripture located underneath their church and their saying that they had on there. So that was pretty cool. Maybe it was Hispanic church. I don't know. I was just read, I just read the name of the church, and that was the uh, outreach that they were doing. I don't know, but that was cool. Thinking, I've also seen churches that used a bottle of water and had their name on it, and the same thing, these scriptures right here, if you drink this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink the water that he gives, you'll never thirst again. What it is? What is it? An illustration. Jesus took something physical and made what? A spiritual connection with it. And that's our job is just take something spiritual, excuse me, physical, and make something spiritual out of it. 
Then all of a sudden, hey, listen, we're going through all this, but then we have this famous saying, Houston, we have a problem. The famous saying from the Apollo 13 mission, whenever those astronauts were stranded on the moon, or actually they didn't even get to the moon, they just made a U-turn and came back, and uh, they had a big problem. True story, obviously, many of you know and were aware of Apollo 13. Matter of fact, it made a big movie. Houston, we have a problem. Well, he's talking to her, and I've got to deal with this. He's talking to her about all of this, and he says, uh, well, woman, all you have to do is repeat this prayer after me, and you can have eternal life. Did Jesus do that? No. He didn't, he didn't do that. He didn't. Matter of fact, he's telling her about this eternal water. He's telling her about how to get to heaven. And then he said, wait a second, we got a problem. We have a problem. And it says, uh, here we go, verse 16. Yep, <laughs> got a problem. In verse 15, it says, well, hey, I'm interested. That's what verse 15 says, I'm interested. Verse 16, here's the problem. Uh, by the way, are you married? Do you have a husband? And she said, uh, well, I have no husband. Jesus said in verse 17, thou hast well said I have no husband, for thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. Which means, hey, I'm so glad you told the truth. That's what he's saying. I, thank you for telling me the truth. And then verse 19, uh, she takes her mouth and she does this. Because <laughs> her mouth is on the floor. Her mouth is wide open because what's she saying? Uh, you, you, I, I can tell you're a prophet. You know stuff about me and nobody knows or ever even spoke about before. Why, why, and here's my point. Why did Jesus bring this up? I mean, we're talking about her going to heaven. Jesus, you're gonna, you're gonna ruin this. You're, I mean, all you gotta do is admit, da da da, 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 da say a prayer, repeat after me and all this. No! This great witnessing example that we have here tells me and you something very important. This easy believism, I think, is a tool of the devil. Just saying a prayer and this and that, folks, you've gotta get people lost before you can get them saved. Which means this to me and you. She had a sin problem. Houston, we have a problem. What was the problem? She's a sinner. She didn't really know it yet. Some people, our, our world acts horribly. People act, uh, they have improper morals. People live together. People do this together. People act this way and talk this way. Use God's name in vain, folks, if they're lost. They don't know any better. They may have morals. They may have a different set of morals. I don't know. But if you're lost, all you have is one nature, and it's this. Sinful flesh. And so all she, he's, why, you know, again, I'm asking you, and you and I are looking in God's Word, why did Jesus seem like He was messing it up? He wasn't messing it up. He's trying to get her to see that she needed a Savior. 
Why do you need a Savior? We all have sin. We all have a problem. And the problem is sin. It's in us. And so she realized. Matter of fact, when he brought that up, you know, when people find out you're a preacher, I often, I don't, especially when I'm around strangers, I may not bring it up immediately. Because it, it happens every time. Every time you're around a stranger, people find out you're a preacher, they immediately change their demeanor. Now, some people don't. Matter of fact, some people, I found this, people will change their demeanor to act better around a preacher, or, especially when I, all the years I worked at the mill, they would actually become more vulgar just to see what kind of response they could get out of me. Is it going to be one way or the other? It is every time, the last 30 years, every time. Matter of fact, I remember I surrendered to preach while I was still a senior in high school. My good friend uh, Carl Williams, big old burly lineman and a uh, good friend of mine, but he had a filthy mouth. We're sitting at the lunch room table eating. As seniors, we always got to go last. We got seconds. We got thirds. That's when I could eat 500 pounds of food and never gain an ounce. Man, I miss those days. You know, and, and Carl's sitting there, and he's eating, and he's just cussing. Sorry, Michael. Da -da 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 -da. Sorry, Michael. He had never done that before until I what? Until I surrendered to preach. And so, you know, you got this, you know, and, and all of a sudden she realizes, and what it is, and I know this, because preachers, Jesus, and you, if you're saved, represent the gospel. You're a walking billboard. If you are a Christian, you ought to be. All of us are walking billboards. What do you represent? What's on your sign? Huh? What do you represent? So Jesus said what He said. Immediately, she came under conviction. And she's under conviction. And she says, oh, oh, oh. And so we don't see it here. But sometime or another, right here in this section, she gets saved. Verse 25. The woman said unto Him, I know that there's going to be a Messiah coming. I'm changing up a little bit the way we talk. Which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all kinds of stuff. And what does Jesus say? I that speak unto thee, I'm He. Well, sometime right after that, she gets saved. Verse 28. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? I mean, her mind is blown. <laughs> she's, uh, she's all excited. She's, folks, that's one of the evidences that somebody's saved. If you have a longing inside of you to tell other people, that's an evidence that you are saved. I remember when I was saved and I wanted to tell somebody. I wanted to follow the Lord in baptism. I wanted to join a church. I wanted to give it, give it, give it. I wanted to participate. I wanted to learn. You know, I've, I've seen it time and time again. Somebody just gets saved. And they say, Let's study Revelation. <laughs> no, let's, let's go back to John or something easier. Let's do something a little more simple. Let's start out with something, but they, man, they want it all. They want to get saved. And that's her reaction here. And notice what she says here to this change in uh, verse uh, 
30. Then they went out of the city and came to him. So folks, if somebody gets saved, there is a change. If somebody gets saved and there's no change, I worry. Now, some people, you can't know, I can't know if somebody's saved or not. All we can do, according to the Bible, is be fruit inspectors. Well, lastly, because of her witnessing, one person changed the whole town. Because of one person, it changed the whole town. Verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on Him, notice this, for the saying of the woman which testified, folks, you may be, as the old saying goes, the only Bible somebody ever reads. You may be the only one standing between somebody and eternity in heaven and eternity in hell, and you're either handing them your head and your hand or your foot. Because the way you live your life, you can help them or you can trip them up. And they just bundle over and fall into the pit of hell because of the way we live our life. Because we're either helping them or we're a stumbling block. There's no in-between. You say, well, yeah, you can just step back. Step back and they're going to keep going the direction they're headed. And if they're lost, that direction's hell. You say, I, I just need to be neutral. Neutral means I go right ahead with the way you're living. But if you speak up, matter of fact, the Bible says this. If you warn somebody, it says that your blood, their blood will not be on your hands. But if you don't warn them, when they stand before the judgment, their blood will be upon your hands. People were getting saved. This is a neat passage of Scripture. In verse 40, So when the Samaritans were coming to Him, they besought Him that He would tarry with them, and He stayed there two days. And many more believed because of His own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of the saying of Thy saying, for we have heard Him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the what? the Savior of the world. It's up to you. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and you need to be saved. You've never, you've heard a bunch of preachers preach in your lifetime. You may be even a member of this church. You may have thought you were saved for years and years, but if you've never, number one, realized I'm a sinner and I asked Jesus or I haven't asked Jesus to save me. The choice is yours. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank You for this time to consider in our hearts what do You want us to do. If we are lost, to accept You as our Savior, the choice is up to us. And if we are saved and we are members here or no matter where we're members, are we living for You? Are we witnessing? Are we simply telling others about what You mean to us? 
Dear Lord, help us to be the right kind of billboard, to be a helping hand and not a stumbling block. Help people and point them to You. In Jesus' name, Amen.